listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. others yeah so i would say the disconnect between black authors um and we'll, we'll stick it can stick it in even more niche and black sci-fi authors like i it's funny because i know some of them more because some of them a lot more have been writing comics now mm-hmm. and we kind of dimming in that in and then, then I, would, I would listen i would like read the comic and i'm like oh shit this person is super dope and then i would go read their book and i was like oh this and, is I really dope. Shame, and i think it's shameful that we don't include um Black comic book writers as black authors. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes, that's another one too. That's another good one. Yeah. No, that's that's, that's a really good one. Because the priests of the world, you know, like all the yep. dudes who who run who run Milestone, like they're black authors. They're black mm-hmm. artists. Yep. The way they should be. Even. They should be in that conversation, and they really aren't. Yeah. No, yeah, I right. think it's 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 a it's the so with Octavia Butler stories. She was a literature writer. She wasn't yeah. a writer who wrote with, oh, this could be on the screen one day. And mm-hmm. I think there's a good, there's, there, you have to, and I think the bigger thing is that those people who bought her stories don't really understand that. And then they also have not truly read her stories. They don't really know her world and, and, and understand how it could be adapted into, onto the screen because the thing that you have that is true is that here's the store here's the source material and here is the adaptation they yeah. reflect each other but they are not the same thing the and key so, word there is adaptation exactly mm-hmm. it's an adaptation so yep. you you can't expect it to be uh in lockstep with with the um the source material especially if it's coming from literature because again literature is about the syntax it's about the diction it's about um uh the figurative language it's not about uh the visual language or the visual medium at all and and most modern writers which postmodern writers which octavia butler is one of them despite being in that science fiction category her she is true science fiction or true fantasy fiction in that she takes it from a literary perspective rather than uh this this belief from that a, one from day a, from a book screen kind of thing yeah from a televisual or a literary yeah, yeah. visual way you know George R. R. Martin has said you know he writes with a kind of visual almost television uh 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 perspective style because he loves tv and and that's that medium but also loves literature so he finds a way to kind of balance them but he's a more if she's postmodern he's you know even more uh postmodern post-modern. Oh, further down the lane for sure yeah 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 so well and, and authors- i so i i hear that d'angelo but if there's no pictures how am i supposed to know what's good <laughs> well, you know, that's what a, the coloring book crowd is alive. Well, <laughs> uh, welcome everybody to Blurred Lines. This is your man Cam. With me, as always, is the other Cam who just came back from the dead from COVID. So I'm back alive and and well as well as can be, as well as. Uh, the Nike Negro, the Ball Bandit, the Josh. <laughs> and as always, with the knowledge, 
If you don't know who I am and you're listening to this by now, that's your problem. <laughs> First time listeners, though. You know who I now, am. This is the professor, D, as surly as ever. You know I don't like why, boy. I don't, I don't like humans, but uh... I play one on TV. <laughs> and uh, we wanted to do a end of year wrap up, end of the year wrap up. It's closing to the end of the year, but we wanted to touch in to tap in on some of the the current currentness that's been going on. It's been a lot of uh, a lot of craziness, but some interesting things. And also, we wanted to kind of introduce a little a, a new segment that we're gonna we're gonna try to keep reoccurring um, going forward. Um, but I think to start us off, we will talk about uh, our man James Gunn out here just. Uh, Destroying, destroying Snyder Bros and DC fans' <laughs> hopes and dreams. <laughs> hey, so before we even touch base on that, give, give me. I, I, I didn't catch up on the post you guys posted offline. Uh, so what's the the deal with James Gunn right now? So to give a to give a quick overview, um, James Gunn and the other dude I already forgot his name are now in charge Peter of Saffron. Peter Safran. So Peter Safran are now in charge of the DC you essentially um all of dc's movie properties and whatnot and they got in you know black black adam uh you know debuted made a bunch of money but didn't make enough bunch of money so well, now they're fair, that was not a part of their regime that was nope. the old that was residue of the old guard yep yes. and so now they are here uh cleaning house is the best way to put it so uh the major hits are they es- essentially were like all right Earth thing is cut, so no Wonder Woman three. Uh, at first, everyone's like Spider- uh, Superman's back, Henry-, Henry Cavill, but then they're like, "Nah, we're cutting you too. We're gonna go younger." And that uh, story needs a little bit pulling out, uh, yep. unpacking because of everything that happened before that. But <laughs> yep, <laughs> as you and were, then, and then uh, other hits is they basically, essentially, they basically shelved everything that was gonna go on uh, prior to them joining. And they're essentially just a pretty much cleaning house. They're like, look, these last 10 years ain't it. So if we're about to go forward, it's about to do a whole clean slate. And um, I think what's ended up happening is now you have, uh, since he's him and Peter Saffron are taking the reins, they've kind of deaded a lot of the rumors, deaded a lot of the actor, like, you know, uh, pretty much everyone's done except for that. They're going to honor um, Flash is still coming out. Last Aquaman's coming out amazingly. Yeah, those two are still Wait, in the can. Flash, Flash with the 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 problematic crazy dude. Movie. Yep. Yes. yes. <laughs> For further proof that you could be a you could be a white man and get do whatever the fuck you want, and still people will still throw money at you. <laughs> no, what? That's crazy. Why would you say something like that? That never happens. Um, and so, and, and that's just the rough stuff. I think the. Uh, the larger thing was, you know, Man of Steel 2 had been greenlit. Henry Cavill was, was back. He made a good, a big splash being like, hey, guys, I'm still happy to be Superman. I'm rocking with it. I'm here. Da, 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 da. All the bros are happy. Everyone's, at, you know, I have a comic chat that like dudes are, are all Snyder bros. They're like, yo, this will be great. Blah, 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 blah. And then James Gunn was like, uh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> He was like, "Nah, we talked. We talked to the Rock. We talked to Henry, and uh, we're gonna go in a different direction." So, thank you, thank you, thank you for your service. 
Yeah, the word God. <laughs> and the Rock in petty fashion has unfollowed both Black Adam and uh, and the WB on his socials. So he's no longer yeah. Black Adam. Oh no, he's done. Yep. Well, Black the 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 thing, and so you know, one of the things that James Gunn did early on, and I thought this was the best example of of why just this lack of just reading things reading into too much and this this whatever the fan fandom is now and twitter and whatever but he posted a picture of uh from kingdom come of superman and Mm -hmm. and the 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 crew around him at at a table and uh, i think the caption was something like uh uh in we're planning something things or something big and 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 all that and so big things took, are coming yeah, big things are coming people took that to mean he was about to adapt kingdom come and henry <laughs> Hill, uh is gonna be the superman of kingdom come and all this yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. and i'm like could it not be just the image represents uh someone planning something uh superman dc being the leader he's saying that he's taking the lead i don't know maybe i'm reading too much in it i don't know but every time he posts something like that there was a lot of response and a lot of uh uh conjecture from those who still have this dying undying dream of restoring the snyderverse um uh they just they won't stop and so uh james gunn is to his credit graciously telling them all you know get out of the way either don't watch what we're gonna produce which is what you supposed to do let me do my job you're supposed to sit wait anticipate or or don't and then when it comes out you're supposed to either choose to buy a ticket go see it judge it on its own merit and that's it but the rest of that stuff is is just getting a little ridiculous and you know yeah and it's also and also, Gunn is actually good on social media, good in the, in the respect that he actually understands how social media works in terms of responding and like that kind of stuff. And it was there's one that I thought that was the best where, um, you know, fanboy number fanboy 11 living in his basement was like, yo, I heard that, you know, James Gunn doesn't like blah, 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 blah. And then someone under it was like tags day James Gunn. Uh, let's ask him. <laughs> and then James <laughs> Gunn's is like, hey, no problem. False. <laughs> And then the, the original poster is like, well, that's the rumor I heard. He's like, uh, cool story, bro. But like, I just, no, dude, what? <laughs> and I think it's comedy because I think sometimes it's too much. Like he doesn't need to do all that. Probably just had that time that day. But it is interesting that for when people, I've seen this happen with um, Christopher McQuarrie, who does the mm-hmm. uh, Mission Impossible. He's really good on uh, social as well. Um, Rian Johnson is also really good on social. And it's really funny because they approach where like people like talk about their you know their rumor whatever they heard or whatever and then they're just like oh no that's not it that's this is actually what it is and then people are like no that's not it he's like wait a minute i'm the person that made it or i just told you (laughs) (laughs) and it's just comedy dude it's so comedy the 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 level that a lot of fanboys and fans have because of social feeling that they have this entitlement when like the person that creates said thing is like, actually, no, nah, man, this is what really would happen, which is actually kind of dope that they actually chime in at all. And then when they do, they're just like, nah, I don't believe you, man. <laughs> My That's where we uh, live now, bro. Like, you know, it's, so, so it's, wait. It's, 
you know, scientists, scientists will science tell you what science is, and then you and you get to believe or disbelieve, and that's not how science operates. <laughs> yeah, because you saw a YouTube video that says something else, and now you think it's it's uh it's uh scientific the debu- the uh rebuttal. Yeah, uh, bro, we got so many YouTube PhD and TikTok vloggers <laughs> out here. Don't on TikTok. I'm like, bro. TikTok's on that same subject. So you know, well, not not that one, but the one before. Remember our friend Ray Fisher? Oh, Ray Fish out in the house. I'm saying yeah. so you, know, he, you know he, he made a comment friend. about uh James Gunn, right? And I oh, have I mean, right what he said. He said, the way James Gunn uses fake grace on Twitter is really funny. Him going fake to bat for Josh, him going to bat for Josh, Josh Whedon, pseudo apologizing for it, and then deleting it immediately before taking his new DC job is not. Refusing to apologize for toxic behavior seems to be a job requirement for WBDC. Now, <laughs> James, James Gunn responded. He said... All cap and not in caps. All my tweets automatically delete every few months. Ray, it has nothing to do with my tweets to you. (laughs) I don't know what what you make of that, but it's just funny that we keep talking about it. And and I think uh, Fish is the is the sort of poster boy for the Snyder Bros now. And so, uh, of course, he is. Yeah, it's interesting that he was sort of like has been. I guess he was the most recent one because he made this. He tweeted this on the nineteenth, so that was what yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, funny. yeah. So well, it's and then and then to that point, you know, I am <laughs> tend to believe someone like Gunn like that because you know he famously got fired for a ten year old tweet. So right. you and and on top of that, like we all know how tweets work. Like there's m- tons of bots that record all of it. Like everyone, like there's so many bots that record like that save tweets the the second that they're there, and then when they get taken out, you can always find it in the archives and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But for someone like James Gunn, which makes perfect sense, he literally lost a huge bag off of a ten year old tweet. So I mean that makes sense on on his end where it's like yeah, I I I, I got to put in some type of mechanism to figure that shit out. But, yeah, that was stupid though. Like James Gunn losing that, lo- losing, losing the, the 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 Marvel gig, and the way that it happened. Too. Oh yeah. Shout out, to, shout out to Movie Bob who basically who basically pieced together this entire thing like a month after it went down. It like I promise you, James Gunn will be back. I promise yep. you, James Gunn will leave. <laughs> he, he he was like, yo, I, I'm telling you right now, this is exactly how it's gonna go down, and yep. exactly how it went down is exactly how he how he described it. He's and like, I mean, I, and I was back. there. He's gonna finish. He's gonna finish Guardians three, and then he's gonna leave. He's gonna give Marvel the middle finger, and he's gonna take DC money, and DC is yep. gonna let him run the show. He called this three years ago. Three. And honestly, it makes perfect sense. I, I mean, I was there when he got fired, and that shit was like. It was a shit show because it was definitely <laughs> it was definitely on on some on high shit like yo this dude's fired you guys figure everything else out they had to reshuffle the decks they had to do all this like internal work to get like make this da 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 because he had already turned in his draft for Guardians three and he turned his draft his draft in for uh, Phase four and this is pre COVID too so he had a mm. whole thing mapped out it was uh I saw the the notes from it it was mostly like cosmic shit. Uh, Quasar, no uh, fucking Silver Surfer, da 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 da, blah blah blah. Um, Adam Warlock, but um, yeah, yeah, that was a fuck up, and so it goes. But I think to bring that back around, I think for DC, especially in this realm, 
it's and if James Gunn is to believe in terms of getting back to story narrative and character driven type stuff, this is a good thing. Don't try to be Marvel. Do your own thing and figure out what the fuck you want, because Marvel has their own issues, as we will talk about later on, too. But I think um, I think DC is a very interesting space because it's good that James Gunn kind of kind of kind of came out with that. Like, look, fuck the kids. We're going to do some shit that we need to do. And then we're going to keep moving. Y'all like it or you're not. You can <clears throat> get on board, well, think, get out the way. I think the wisdom of that is someone like James Gunn is going to have a very unique POV as far as storytelling is concerned. Like, it's not going to it's not going to mirror Marvel. It's not going to be anything close to what it was in the past, it's definitely going to be its own thing. And he, he is the guy for that. So, you know, I think they can only benefit from having him in the big chair, you know, even if it's alongside Peter Safran, whose qualifications I'm unaware of. Um, but yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And the genre will, this is the same thing that we've all said over and over and over for the past, who knows how many years. A healthy DC putting out good movies will only benefit the genre. Yep. So that I I, none of this is a problem. That I agree on. I, I as far as James Gunn and what he will or won't do, we'll see. Yeah. But yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. At, I at the end of the day, it's white people problems, so it's not going <laughs> to bother them right. in the long run. These are just mm-hmm. first world problems. Nah, yep. bro. Because the, the Snyder had this whole vision. You know I'm saying you guys don't understand. Hey, yeah, vision based on what <laughs> the latest I color. Like, I feel like I just wasted my like two and a half hours, or no, just whatever the running time of Black Adam. I was like, why did I even watch? I mean, it was okay. Mm. It was all right. That was it. But, yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was. It was. It was exactly what I said. It wasn't. Yeah, it it was, didn't it try to be okay. something it wasn't. It stayed but, right in its lane and just did what it needed to do for. I feel like I know, got a waste of my time. time. Like, mm. <laughs> well, to be fair, the whole most of the DC that's you can say that about the whole experience with the DCEU. It's been a colossal waste of time. I mean, um, none of it has gone anywhere from from jump. I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was it was being guided by somebody who thinks that just because you string together four hours of visuals that you have a movie so like you know <laughs> yeah. when that's that is the, the head of the creative then you know mm-hmm. everything is and then when you look at the other things i've said this before i liked wonder woman for what it was but it was not it was not uh that great of a movie to where it was turning the tide so, and same with aquaman same with shazam the same mm-hmm. with all the others. The only ones that stood out the strongest were the ones that were separate from that. And I didn't like Joker, but at the same time, it distinguished itself. Uh, right. and, the, and the Batman and things like that. Everything else was just, you know, what are we doing here? We're just, they, they I mean, wasted I, money and so did we spent going to see yeah. it. The only thing I really liked from the DCU was the Suicide Squad. What's the show with John Cena? Oh, Peacemaker. <laughs> Peacemaker. That's actually funny. Both of those uh, were James Gunn. And- yeah, and, then, uh, and, right. and the new Batman was solid. Uh, I'm yes. not. I'm just Quite tired. So. Of, I'm just done with Batman. Right. I'm just done with it. But I like the the took the take they did, kind of making it seven ish uh, mm-hmm. in the storytelling. Um, 
But like all the rest of them, I haven't watched. I, I think I might have watched Aquaman. I don't remember. I don't think I ever watched Aquaman. Yeah, you, you're not. Aquaman much. was yeah. a dumb story with really great visuals. Yeah, I haven't it's, watched. I didn't watch the the Snyder cut. I wasn't I, like I haven't watched a lot of DC. You're not uh, missing much. We, we watched it for you. Not, wait, yeah, I was going to say we we fell on that sword for you. You know. Yeah. So Begrudgingly, we, we pay for your sins, so don't Yo. don't even worry, don't even worry about it. <laughs> and, 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 and I feel like that about some Marvel stuff. Like I feel like looking back, like I put it like this: I'm not gonna blame DC for their missteps. I'm gonna put partial blame on Marvel for having me having such a jaded opinion on overall arching because not a lot of Marvel movies. When I go back and look at them, I was like, this movie sucks. If I go back and look at some Marvel movies, I was like, only a few of them stand out. But we was, I was personally, I was eating it up because it was the first time it blew up. We were right. in that zone. Yep. I'm burnt out. So, like, my yep. the residual effects of how I feel uh, fell into the DC. I was like, man, I don't want to watch this. And then somebody convinced me to watch the Suicide Squad. And I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, I, and I think that's also like, you no, know, that's a thing where it's like, you now have what, 15 years? A little bit more than that now? 2025, bro. Yeah. Wow, well, we're crazy. talking about the era of uh, yeah. the era of the MCU. It's, yeah. it's only been going on 15 because yeah, about 15. Yeah, so we yeah. have about 15 years, you know. And with that, so I think in that respect, the the people that rocked from the beginning of the 15 all the way now are in that camp of getting jaded or burnt out or whatever. And now you have a new camp of people. The younger ones that are about to get indoctrinated into this whole situation, and they're going to be on that next wave because people forget. Like I, I remember this was um I actually remember this with an interview with George Lucas uh, and John Stewart, and he was he made a point that he was like you know you know uh, Star Wars has different generation of fans. Mm-hmm. So you had the generation that started when they when these movies came out in the theater. You had the generation that came out when they, they got re released. Then you got the generation that mm-hmm. grew, uh, grew up on the prequels. Then the generation that was on Clone Wars and those stuff. And when he put that, when he said that, that that's when I was really like, "Holy shit, he's one hundred percent correct." And each genre might not rock with each other, but they're still going to keep coming. Like, there's a whole generation of Star Wars fans that that started at Mando, which is crazy, right. but like that's yeah. a thing. Mm-hmm. Same mm-hmm. thing with the Clone Wars and all that. So. With mm-hmm. MCU and this DC shit, you're right. Everyone that started at the beginning, Iron Man one, and now I could, I, I totally can understand the fatigue and kind of just like, yo, I'm over it. Then everyone that's gonna start that started at like Miss Marvel or freaking you know, uh, WandaVision or something like that or something to that effect, then that'll be a whole another a whole another genre of people. And it's kind of interesting because I was I, I was at work at a holiday party and one of the um, uh, oh yeah, one of my coworkers, a young, 25, 26. And they were like a Marvel kid. They grew. They read uh, Marvel comics in high school, aka four years ago. And <laughs> and they're like, they're like, oh, did you watch Miss Marvel? It was so awesome. In my head, I was like, I mean, it was good. I'm not, you know, I actually enjoyed it. It was cool. I know, I knew, what, I knew who it was for and what it was about. But hearing her take about it and how excited she was about this character and how she was talking about the girl and the whole thing, like I, like, I, did, I wasn't cynical. I just, I literally just listened and just asked questions. And it was interesting to see the light go off in her eyes about a property that all of us are kind of like, oh, it was aight. But for her, mm-hmm. this shit was like a pinnacle thing, which will carry her over to the next. So again, that's that next generation where like we're, you know, mm-hmm. we're the old man in the room now. When you know whatever X Men movie finally comes out, if it ever does. Who, those kids that watch X Men at that time, all of a sudden, that's gonna be their start of the of the thing. I'm gonna keep it real, man. Yeah, it, it, when they be like, "Oh, 
this is cool for this generation. That don't move me anymore, man. I'm like, nah, I'm gonna yeah. be. Yeah, it's, it sounds it cynical, it but I'll be like, man, nah, I'm, I'm cool. No easy props. Well, that, yeah, that also not. don't speak to whether or not the thing is good or if it's yep. quality. Yep. So yeah, that's like, what I'm talking about. That, 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 yeah. Yep. I don't, that don't have generation. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like, oh, we're representing blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, okay. That don't move me anymore. <laughs> Yeah, and I think and I think it shouldn't actually. And I think that's I think that, but I think it's also yeah. That's a low bar. That's a very low bar to set. But I also think it's a I think it is a consideration for like who who this is intended for and and that aspect of it. Like as you say, like when people put out media, it's supposed to be for everybody, quote unquote. But it is usually intended for a specific audience, right? And I think that and that and like then we can go from there where it's like. Um, like I didn't watch Moon Knight, um, and I didn't watch uh, She Hulk. I watched you didn't Hulk. watch Moon Knight because we told you not to. No, hundred percent. There you go. So, there you go. So, so when y'all when y'all took the brunt, I I I took that walk for y'all. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't know like what Moon Knight was about, and I was just like, all right, cool. <laughs> like yeah. I kept it moving. There you go. Yeah, I, I, I didn't watch Moon expect. Knight. I didn't watch. Moon Knight was not it, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I've been very selective. Like I was, which I think to watch Seahawk. I was refusing. I watched three episodes of Miss Marvel, and it, I was just like, I can't do this. <laughs> Seahawk convinced me that the things that are forthcoming are not going to be what we here's a byproduct generational thing want. Because can you imagine after everything we've seen? Can you imagine Blade in the MCU now? Whew. Blade, oh, no. the, yeah. the real the blade. Yikes! Yikes! Yeah, you know, I I I look Yikes. at this stuff and I'm like, you know, I get it. They're trying to open it up to a whole a different audience, but part of mm-hmm. the appeal to that should be showing the idiosyncrasies of some of these characters. Yeah. You know, Blade's world is one of filled with violence and blood, and I'm not saying that that's not going to be the case. I'm just saying I can't imagine this. Disney five, you don't see it. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. were all doing. We're not, we're not. We're not watching PG Blade, but going Gucci Gucci. Yeah, we're not. We're not watching Wesley. You know, gun through a whole club full of uh, vampires. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, making yeah. it sort of iconography. I making that iconography fit the world. Uh, you know, that Blade opening up with a scene where. All these vampires are like literally clubbing and and like about to kill, even though they got a sprinkler and bathing of blood, in blood, bathing in blood. They're gonna kill this guy and just like run a fang train on him. Uh, and then they see Blade and all things stop. And you hear the whispers. They're like, "Oh, that shit! That's the Daywalker. That's really him. That's, that's Yo, him." Put it like this: Blade being on Disney is gonna be like going to a barbecue with no barbecue with no barbecue sauce. <laughs> a vegan, a vegan barbecue. Yeah. Or something. Like, I mean, like how you have a cookout, a barbecue so, cookout with no barbecue sauce? The yeah. one thing I will say is, th- there's hope if they're doing a Deadpool movie and they're about to let Ryan Reynolds do what he wants to do. Bro, you you can't that. do a Deadpool <laughs> movie and and Disneyfy that. I guarantee they're gonna find. They're gonna, they're gonna find, find a, way. a way. They're gonna yeah, find yeah. a way. Then a rent, even then if he only spends fuck once, they can still <laughs> make it PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Even if he, even if he, uh, uh, you know, like we're talking about language in his case, and and probably uh, Uber violence. So mm-hmm. Uber, the Uber violence is gone. You can almost guarantee that is gone. So it's, then that leaves that leaves the language, the freedom of of his dialogue. Mm-hmm. I guarantee they Yikes. find a way to, 
Yeah. Hey, Josh, we can have a we can have a bet right now. We can take a bet because I believe that you might be right, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. I think they're going to dumb down the pool. Ten bucks, it is gentleman's butt. Um, so then, so then now we, with those problems, Marvel still has a villain problem, and I, this is oh, something yeah. that that it's it's always been there, but it's gotten more prevalent in the later years. Every where, villain like, is relatable, and that's a problem. A problem, and it's it, it, I don't see it going away because of that, like you said, the Disney fight aspect of things where no one's e- like even someone like Kang, which could be a, which is a villain, villain, but mm-hmm. I, they'll probably Disney fight him and be like, Oh, but you know, boy Kang was really trying to just be, have the love of his mother, and then blah blah blah. blah. And That's why Kang really wanted to love, <laughs> really wanted to love Renslayer, and that is what it was about. He just Let wanted to love a black woman of a curly hair let me ask y'all a question. When was the last movie Marvel villain that was like really something that was like, yo, that was ill? Who was impactful and really put it to the uh Winter Soldier? Mm, not really. I mean, I mean, he worked out later Intr- on for that Actually, kind of you know what? I mean, it's it's okay to say there isn't one. No, no, no. I would no, say I would, I would say, say I'm trying to think. There's been like 30, there's been like 25 movies. Like so I would say money. let's uh let's let's make the context a little bit more. Let's say first impact, not counting legacy. So the winter soldier for sure. In the one iteration of this character as a villain, was this person impactful? After that, whatever, because literally anyone that survived has now become an anti-hero, blah 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 blah. But like from the very first impact, is there any villain that actually came in and was like and so what did the Winter Soldier do that was that was like boom impactful? Because I would I mean, say Hydra just, was, was more good. impactful than him. Who? Hydra. Hydra. Oh yeah. I, I would have said Zemo. Mm. Zemo definitely in Civil War because yeah. Zemo was the Avengers. So yeah, you know that I think you could literally say that if Zemo hadn't did what he did, they might have been ready for Thanos or at least better able to to. At least on the so same page. First exactly. Basically, what I'm, what I'm saying splinter. is every, every villain has been neutered. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. To one yeah. degree or another, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. The, oh, And that's yeah. the problem we're talking about. And I think that that's why I was saying the context of like a first impact. Like, Standalone, like I think I, for me and my money, and maybe it's because I just I watched Winter Soldier recently, so it's a little fresher in my mind. But to me, I felt like he was he was because he was the anti-Captain America, because he was his equal, if not his better, um, and was willing to go the extra mile to, 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 to do what he needs to do, whereas Cap has rules. Cap has, you know, his morals. Cap has his values. That sort Cap of keeps him checked and limited. Yeah, totally. Uh, I, I would say, I, uh, I, I'd say, I, I would say Wanda. <laughs> I was gonna say you say that and you start laughing with undercuts. You know, I, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> uh, honestly, honestly, Cam's correct. I think I mean that we've and with this this is part of Marvel's villain problem because every villain they try to they neuter him, they try to give him some type of a relatable theme. Yeah, they make him relatable. They make yeah, him, they make him they make him relatable and sympathetic. Yeah, the, the the Marvel villain that really did, and we danced, we've been dancing around it that had the most impact. Was mm. Thanos, and that and that was because what Thanos did in Infinity War literally was something that 
had not been done to those heroes. Not only did he kill half of the, the, not only did they lose, but he traumatized, he traumatized Tony, Thor, and Cap. Traumatized. And Black Widow, right. And Black Widow. Like he tra- he traumatized the entire Avengers. Yeah, okay. Now of Hawk course the they, and started killing mobsters. <laughs> and he wasn't even a part of the fight, but he still right. got away, got caught with that wave. So Thanos only in Infinity War because they undid everything in Endgame. So yeah. in Infinity, as far as Infinity War goes, even though that was a Disney fire version of Thanos. Mm-hmm. His actions it was still the most impactful. I'd agree with were, that. Were impactful, and they they lived up to a certain amount of villainy. He hit a moral event horizon. He kid not just from eradicating entire populations, but also killing the 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 daughter he claimed he loved because yeah. he mm-hmm. believed that that was his higher calling. You don't Which have to relate to that, but you can understand that. Yeah, no, yeah. maybe then, not even understand it, but you can look at that and say, "Man, that's crazy." He was he believed that he so was much, dedicated. Yeah, that, exactly. That he killed his own. He was willing to sacrifice everything. Because remember, at the end of that film, Thanos had lost everything. He lost his 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 uh, army. He because the Avengers wiped them out. Uh, he he lost his ships. All this. He didn't have nothing else. And, and that's why he said he gave he it cost him everything. The reason I say Zemo is because they never brought back uh T'Challa's dad from being murdered. The only thing that they rectified was making Black Panther more sympathetic to Zemo, where he didn't get killed. Right. right. Uh, the thing about Thanos, which makes it like you're right, uh D. But they brought everybody back. It would have been more impactful if they just left him off the face of the earth. And no, that's what I said. Him. In yeah. Infinity War, he yeah. in they just rethink everything War, he did. Yeah, and Zemo and Civil War. Those are the two yeah. villains that yeah. stand out in terms of okay. It, it's not that they're too that they're too relatable. That's the problem. It's that they don't become. They're not villains. Either right. you're gonna make it clear that they're just antagonists, or you're gonna, or you're not doing the superhero thing, which is you expect to have a superhero versus a supervillain. You know, somebody that when the when the dust settles, the the hero is a little less than, or maybe a little more. Like um, at the end of the dark, the Dark Knight, you know, the Joker had put them through a crucible. You know, uh, and and he wasn't relatable at all. But some of his philosophies, you could kind of latch on to, and and yeah, his his anarchistic ways definitely had. There was a certain logic to what he was trying to pursue. Yeah, and he was still a villain, and I think that's that's the point. One one of the problems I have with, especially uh, superhero movies nowadays, is that the one thing that used to be cool when you had a villain that was relatable with real world issues. Because the thing that I always was told is like what makes a villain special is when they believe their truth as righteousness, right? Yeah. yeah. But 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 the thing is though, every movie's like that now. And we become a victim of like, oh, it's too relatable. Like not every like you said, not everything, not every villain has to be relatable. They should have no rhyme or reason. One of the things that yeah, makes there, the joke there is special. Be a villain, there needs yeah. to be a villain who's just bad for bad's sake. Yeah, just 100%. be bad. 
But to I just want to watch the world burn. I don't have a rhyme or reason. I do. There wasn't nothing traumatic that happened to me. There wasn't, you know, uh, some, you know, it, it's just, you know what? Right, I did bad things and, it, and I got a thrill out of it and I want to keep doing it. I want to do and more can, and I want to do more and bigger bad things. And that's and one, that's one version. That's one good type of villain to do. I think going back to what Cam was saying about, um, you know, it being, it being relatable and the, the righteousness and what they and them believing in it and that sort of being now the 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 grand scope of how every villain is approached where you dig deep and you stick your heels in is what they are committed to doing the mm. actions that they will take for example one could argue that Cersei Lannister is a relatable character she's a woman who a mother who will do whatever it takes for her family, for the people she loves. She's a, a, a lion, a lion of Amazon. <laughs> but how many people will go so far to not only say the, the flaw in her is that she's so narcissistic that she would burn all that down to save herself, but she's telling herself that she's doing it for her family. And what does she do? She blows up a church. That's a moral event horizon, killing her, her uh, murdering her <laughs> Her her daughter-in-law, her her daughter-in-law's father, her own uncle, uh, and several other people. And the because good thing about that, con- they never they never like Disneyfy, if we're gonna use the term. Yeah. Her her overall oh, no. overall. Oh yeah, arc. she is a villain. Yes, she is a true villain. Yeah. Although I hated right. her character so much because I wanted her to get her comeuppance, but at the end of the day. They never backed down on who she really was, a mother yep, that was right. willing to sacrifice any and all to protect yep. her family. That they is never, the truth they never watered that. down yeah. who or what she was, right? Is yeah. that what George, what, GR, what George Martin has said before about these type characters? For Cersei, yes, she's a villain, but for every person's villain is someone else's hero. And so, and that's not necessarily about relatability as much as is acknowledging the complexities of the human condition. Yeah, right. And I think that's that a, that's a subtle difference. That there is something that there's always going to be something to the reasoning behind the villainy. Exactly. Yeah. If you can nail that, then it doesn't matter if they're relatable. If they're relatable, it's about what actions are they willing to? How far are they willing to go? to show that they mean business yeah. <laughs> and, and i think that's and that is character development at its core yeah. and Look that at right Anakin there. In, three, in part three when palps tell him do what must be done lord vader do not hesitate show no mercy that was a stamp on him telling you this is that it was an easy, this is right. how this is how you cross that line you got to show me that you committed to these teachings anything less i don't believe you yeah. And I think and, and at the end of the day, that is the main crux that what Marvel and I would say DC is missing when it comes back to their villains. Yeah. And so that's the villain problem we're talking about. Like these these villains don't believe in the cause. Even if they do believe in the cause, they'll do some like like, you know, some BS stuff like Killmonger or something like that. Um, but <laughs> they they because they have they lack that aspect of it. They're really like you said, there's more antagonists, not villains. And yeah. like you know, no villains for being villains' sake. Because even like like Thanos is a great example. Where in the comics, he's a true villain. Yeah, his motivations oh, are irredeemable. He is irredeemable. There is nothing redeemable about it, bro. 
redeemable. None, nothing redeemable. But it, but and you're like like you said that like Cam says the neutering of a lot of these villains when it comes to uh, MCU and carrying over to the DCU. Um, that's the that's the underlining theme. I, a problem I think they have, and I think it'll be interesting to see. Which I'm. I want to go more. I want to be optimistic, like Josh. I'm leaning towards D because I'm starting to be. I'm starting to join his evil, uh, his Masters of Evils club these days. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. I think that you know because of this Disney-fied uh, antagonist, we'll say we don't even call them villains mm-hmm. because you're right. Like even like Z- like Zemo is a great example where he at the end, even though he quote unquote loses, he still did exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to shake uh, these quote unquote heroes' faith. And they're hoping each other and all that kind of crap. And that's what he did. Yeah, and I thought that was dope. And then, I uh, mean, even Namor, you know, if villain Namor should have put Wakanda under the ocean. Facts. And, and, and at the end, maybe the waters receded when they beat him. But if you don't need them, then, and you already extended the invite, most monarchs are like, okay, you've already declared that you're my enemy, so exactly. I'm going to destroy you yeah. so yeah. that you won't don't have the chance to come back at me. Yep. This is ending the line right here. And and to that effect, you know, in again, going back to Cam's comment about being neutered, that's what happens in the comics. Namor is like, yo, dog, um, it's a wrap. And floods all of Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. How did like, that end again, like, Cam? There was something that happened. There was like a split. <clears throat> like Namor and and and, uh, and T'Challa are talking in the capital, and there's still like pools of water everywhere. And yeah, it was um, having their little their little post war summit, and basically T'Challa is like talking all kinds of fat, and Namor was like, "Doug, your city's gone. We're standing in puddles of water that I dropped on your capital." So you won, kind of, and then <laughs> I forget what it was that he that he there was some seed that he planted with Shuri, like he gave her information that sort of subverted everything that we know and everything we think about about uh, T'Challa, his rule, and you know what he was doing while he was king. And basically, Shuri kind of walks away from him like, "Dog, I can't let you. I don't even know if I can call you my brother anymore." I forget yeah. what the thing was, but like. And then that Namor, was that, like, like T'Challa that was, won. Like T'Challa won the battle, but Namor kind of still took a chunk. Yeah, and he it was the same. It was the lose. same with um uh Doom and when Doom won. And, oh, get right, and, yeah, and yeah, broke, yeah, yeah, and broke right. uh broke T'Challa was like his first quote unquote major loss, and yep. you know, and you know Doom like, and that's the other aspect of it too. I'm with D on the um on the part of Blade because if we're gonna be getting I mean, a neutered Doom, Namor, I mean, if we get a fucking neutered Doctor Doom, yo. I might have to turn it in, guys. I, like, you can't have it. Can't that would be that would be the third iteration. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I, I would agree with that statement. I would have a serious problem if we get. But, but to Cam's credit, that's what they like. They've been neutering every villain. So if if we get neutered Doom and we if we, if we got neutered uh, Thanos and a neutered freaking Namor, then it stands to reason we can expect that we're a neutered get, Doom. Exactly. Let's, let's see what they do yeah. with Kane. Let's see what they do with Kane. Because the trailer suggests that he's just one of them dudes. He's yeah. him. Yeah. But, but he's supposed to be. Like, I mean, the Kang is Kang is the guy who meets somebody, I forget which Avenger it was, in, in a different timeline. He was like, right. Um, yeah, Ant-Man. Right. Didn't I kill you already? Did I are you are you an Avenger? 
Because I, I mean, that was, was the was... line they had, and the, they had that. They used that line of dialogue in the yeah. in the, uh, in the trailer. One. I'm, right? glad, I'm, glad, I'm yeah. glad they used that. But but also they set him up to be that dude when um, what is it in, in Loki? Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that version of Kang said, "Hey man, I'm the best version, and I'm nice, even though I've done all this <laughs> evilness." Right. Yeah. He was like, "If I go, you are gonna release the Kraken because there's versions of me out there that are cutthroat." Yeah. Right. That's, so they were setting it up as this Kang right. gonna be like yeah. the man per se, but we'll see. Like I said, Disney has a track record. Yeah. Turning and and honestly, I'm, into like a. a, a Amicable character. Yeah, and I'm actually, I'm actually curious. I'm actually curious about what they're going to do with High Evolutionary as well, because that's another character that's not as well known, but could have some interesting things done to him in the right hands. So we'll sure. see. Like again, I, I think, I think we're all in this very where before it was a very deliberate things that they were going on, and now we're in a kind of in a a wait and see type situation. Um, you know what? See. I have to, I have to go back. There's another villain that we that we miss, and that's ego. Because oh. ego okay. killed Quill's oh. mother. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and, and he was willing to kill the entire universe. Now, again, he was stopped, but that's what mm-hmm. the hero is supposed to do. He killed a bunch of people now. And then the, the biggest part of his villainy is when. Uh, um, Gamora and and uh, uh, Nebula accidentally stumble on this like mass grave of like all these these children (laughs) that failed him. That he just was like, Oh, damn, (laughs) I'm out here spreading my seed. Y'all be y'all being less than I can't handle that. You know what? That's a a real point. That's a good point to, to, to my to to James Gunn's credit. He improved upon ego where they had kind of failed with Ronan. Um, ego mm. was a lot more of a, and that's why I think because Adam Warlock has been more anti-hero, why the high evolutionary has the opportunity to be is the opportunity to be a full-length villain because he's operating on a consciousness that is like straight up scientist, like it, it you know, like of the highest regard like imagine yeah. a science a sociopathic scientist you know yeah. so and like, honestly a high evolutionary has that and done like recently in the, in the recent x-men comics he comes in and he's like yo x-men you guys got your own planet now that's dope yo here is a bomb to kill the rest of the humans so y'all can just take over so what's good <laughs> and, and the then x is like no x was like what are you doing we're not going to kill the humans he's like why not they're beneath you you guys have your own planet you guys don't need them and like, of course, X Men start fighting, and then High Evolutionary has like his uh, half animal, half man peoples, and they're having this big, humongous fight. And then you know he's winning, and then High Evolutionary is like, "Wait, why are we fighting for? Look, like, all I really want is this mutant's blood. After that, I'll walk away. If you guys want the bomb, cool. If not, I'm out. I don't really care about yeah, what you guys do with this total planet. experiment. Yeah, yeah. It's like Metron in DC, right. like uh, in <laughs> Young Justice, where that, that where he comes in and they're like. All right, so you're gonna save him, uh, save Vic, and he's like, "Oh, I think you misunderstand me. This is the first time a mother box has merged with human flesh. I want to see this." Yeah. 
And I think those are the types of villains they kind of need in MCU and in DC yes. because you need the you need literally the people that literally give zero fucks. Like yeah. I'm going to be alive for a very long time. This is a yeah. quick a second in time. Whether y'all heroes win or lose, cool man. Mm-hmm. Let me know. I'll see you guys in a hundred years. So whoever's yeah. around, we'll talk. But everyone else. <coughs> And I think that's and a there's a big, opp- there's a big opportunity to do that with Kang. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a Kang needs to piss off the Marvel audience, and I mean in a yeah. good way. Like he needs. Oh, yeah. to, we're not supposed to leave these theaters yep. with a kind of sense of I could have cared less if the hero won, and I think that that was that's been the the pattern, and it doesn't. It's a little odd with Killmonger. It 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 was. Kind of unavoidable because you you're doing a a, a a film that has a black focus narrative and it's dealing with these two ideologies and so when there's a history behind all that but with with some of these other villains is like you know again ego Zemo and Thanos I don't know if it's a coincidence that they all have the O at the end of their name. My name is D'Angelo. I don't know what I'm saying right now, but <laughs> but maybe there's a correlation there. But those three, the ones that in the old that was in MCO MCU, they were they were the villains that that Marvel needs to to look at to look for. They the ones that they that the MCU deserve. Mm, see, I like that. Um, mm. so before we forget, uh, so out of the four of us, only one person went and fell on the sword. To go watch Avatar. Oh yeah. The water. Oh, and yeah. so Let's hear that. with that, we are now going to introduce our new segment. Josh, I forgot what we called it, but I'm going to let you uh, finish it. But, <laughs> but uh, one, the one man, inter- the one man review. Yes. So yes. in this, in this thing is, you know, normally we'll all watch something. We'll come together as a consensus, and we'll talk about it. A lot of times, it's something that D doesn't really want to watch, but he'll watch it anyway because he's a soldier. But this time, all of us are kind of like, I don't know about this one. And Josh fell on the sword. And what the, the goal of this type of thing is going forward when there's something like this and one of us is like, I kind of want to see it, but no one else does. They'll come back to us, kind of tell us a review, and then we can have a conversation. Josh, before you go, Cam, I want to make mm-hmm. a, a slight correction in the way you framed that. When you said... We don't know about this. No, we did know about this. <laughs> we all made a conscientious effort to say we're not watching Avatar. Very, very true. Point I, of, I am point of glad you said that. I'm glad you put it in those words because I we absolutely all, said that I will not go see that film or the four sequels to follow. Yes. So, so Josh, man. the floor is yours. With that, the uh, the one man review <laughs> featuring Josh. So, where to begin? Uh, okay, so first off, it's a much better story than the first one. I'll start with the positives. Um, it's a much better story than the first one. Um, it's, it makes more sense, the things that happen. Uh, they don't waste a lot of time getting into where they are in the story. Um, basically it's, I don't know how many years, basically, uh, Jake Sully, the, the, the human, uh, paraplegic, uh, who, who gets an avatar in the first movie, uh, joins fully with, uh, and becomes, uh, one of the Navi, uh, by the end of the first movie. And so now his life picks up in the second movie. 
Uh, he never gets Zoe Saldana's character's name. But uh, basically, you know, they get married. They have kids. They have like three, four kids. Uh, they get Apparently, they were quite busy. Um, and so, oh. And so, um, and so, uh, they, so, yeah. So basically, humans come back to, uh, to Navi and um, uh, whatever the planet's name is. They come back and Pandora. Pandora, thank you. They come back to Pandora and basically pick up where they left off, but this time with an actual reason. Supposedly, um, you know, it's not widely known on the planet, but Earth is about to become unlivable. And so their only, uh, their only, their only resource is to colonize Pandora because white people. Colonizers. Um, so, so yeah, and and you know, uh, the combat ensues. Um, it's like I said, it's a tighter story, it, though not well told. Uh, the downsides now. That movie did not need to be three thousand hours long. Like it's God, three hours damn. twelve minutes. It was just Jesus. absolutely unnecessary. Uh, I think it's just an. It, it is a product of James Cameron's bloated ego <laughs> that that movie is hours and some change long. Um, uh, oh, another positive before I get into that. Um, so the story is that James Cameron took less money for Deep Blue Sea and for Titanic if they let him keep. All the uh, all the water footage over and underwater footage that he makes uh. absolutely amazing use of that footage in this film. He knew he was going to do this film. He knew he was going to use that that footage for this film. And holy oh, cow! Deep blue, deep blue sea. Wait, what? Wasn't it? What? Wasn't there a movie that he? Oh, abyss. Deep blue abyss. Or deep blue sea? Abyss. 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 Thank you. Sorry, abyss. Yeah. Yeah, which I like. So actually. he's been. So he's been. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. No, no, go. no. I I didn't know. I wasn't trying to. I just didn't know if he had anything to do with the Deep Blue Sea movie. No, no, no. Yeah, no, no, But I meant Abyss. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he kept the underwater footage from that and from Titanic, and he puts it to amazing use here. Mm. Gotta tell you, it's it's pretty eye popping. Um, I saw it in in IMAX 3D, which is you're wasting your time if you if if you're going to waste your time to see this movie, then go see it in IMAX 3D or don't bother. Um, <laughs> it's it is eye popping. Um, but again, so back to the negatives. There's this thing where it's shot in high frame rate in some scenes and shot in IMAX in some scenes and mm. shot in standard format in some scenes. Maybe it's because I have a trained eye as a technician. My job is to be able to be able to suss all that out. My eyesight is trash these days, and I can still tell you where each scene sort of back and forth between high frame rate uh, HDR, rather, uh, yeah, high frame rate uh, 3D, and then standard format, and then IMAX. Like mm. it just it just keeps doing this thing where like. You you keep jumping in and out of it, and so it would. Well, doesn't that, the aspect ratio change a bit every time? Usually mm-hmm. when they're they're going in and out. Mm-mm. The the aspect ratio is stay. It's it's all stays. It all stays in IMAX. I forget what the what the numerics are. Don't mm-hmm. make me quote it. 
But um, yeah, it stays in the same within the same aspect ratio. It's all okay. still IMAX because okay. the whole the whole film is formatted for IMAX. So it doesn't like so you don't get like pillar bars or letter boxes or anything like that because they've already yeah and, and yeah, yeah it doesn't shift in that way. But so it's just, so it, it, do the do the yeah, white people that, save the day? Um, <laughs> yeah, if Jake Sully <laughs> saved the day. Jake, I was gonna say Jake Sully say well Jake Sully's kids save the day. Oh, um, half white man, half white, yeah. <laughs> The um, Navi, uh, the Navi, they oh geez. I'm yeah. I'm, I'm staring so, at Dr. Umar right now. <laughs> so probably the most egregious thing though was the levels of appropriation take of cultural appropriation that take place in this film that it just it's unforgivable how hard this dude go like uh, uh D and I were talking about this the other day. You know, the first Avatar was already its own level of egregious and just, you know, uh, using indigenous imagery, indigenous uh, dress, in some cases, you know, the jewelry or some of the chants that they were making or some of the noises they were making. You know, a lot of these things are... Smith and Pocahontas in in Pandora. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. Pretty much. It was uh, basically Fern Gully in 3D. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so it was pretty it was it was pretty blatant and pretty egregious in the first one. Nobody decided to tell James Cameron that that wasn't kosher and he like quadrupled down on it. It's it's all and I it I, I think it also perhaps is just me knowing more now about those cultures than I did back then when when Avatar came out. You know, I've read a lot, I've spoken to people, you know, I, I I have fam from Ghana and, and other parts of uh, uh, different parts of Africa who sort of put me on. Um, I have a friend who who has a, a degree in ethnic studies with a focus on like indigenous imagery or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, who, who just will, you know, just by being around him, he'll be like, that's from this, that's from that, that's from that. And so I picked up a couple of things, you know, uh, I've learned a little bit since then. And I don't know if it's that it's that much more or that I'm that much more sensitive visually to it, but oh my god, this dude just like there's 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 more like because they're the they're the the they visit a weird tribe. Uh, there's there's lots of Pacific Islands isms that that now have worked this way into the thing. Um, like you know they do like a little fake sort of haka kind of deal. Um, which oh, if you for, for people who are familiar, horrible. Um, <laughs> they, they don't do it fully, but they do a lot of the a lot of the uh, a lot of the gestures and a lot of the um, the facial expressions. Even the appearance um, of it is bad because it's ne- it's always disingenuous, especially with it's Jack completely Cameron. disingenuous. It's not honoring anything. It's not homaging anything. Oh, it's yeah. totally um, and it just oh, it, ah, it white people be white people. In. It made me wriggle in my seat a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, uh, the end of that movie, we were, we were walking out, and me and the people that I went to see it with were joking that that was Titanic 2.0. We got on the line for the bathroom, and the dude's coming out of the bathroom made the exact same joke. <laughs> so there's a lot of... Uh, he's got a thing for sinking ships. 
and they take probably the last 45 minutes for this one giant action sequence, which was actually pretty good, but it happens on water and there's a ship and it sinks and it sinks mostly the way that Titanic sank in the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, and that's it, his last, that was it, literally it, his last it, film, wasn't it? Titanic? No, I mean, or oh, no, Avatar? Avatar was his last film. Yeah, the yeah, Avatar was the last one he directed. Yeah, he's so yeah. he's so pretentious now in that um, you know, it took Avatar like five, six years for him to make everybody knew about it. It was a secret. Oh, it's this is gonna be this whole thing now. You know, Dan, James Cameron is what Zack Snyder thought he wanted to be, but didn't Ooh. have didn't have the tank the same pool to get mm-hmm. there. Because honestly, James Cameron, if you look at his his roster of films, they are a lot good. They are very nice to look at, but they are, again, a bunch of very highly technically achieved scenes and visuals strung together on a very thin narrative or story or script. Mm. T2 is probably the most intelligent film he's written. Even that, toward the end, objectively, the third act, a little bit falls apart. Oh, the after, third act's weak as hell, but after overall, the Dyson, the Miles Bennett Dyson, and all that stuff, and then yeah. he never has anything to say about nothing, mm-hmm. and so that 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 ends up being uh, you overlook that because, and I've said this before, the time traveling Terminator is the, is, and I hate time travel as a plot device, no matter who's using it and how they using it, but in Terminator, it's the worst ever. It's the grandfather paradox of silliness, and 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 it and they built the whole fucking franchise on it. Yeah, I mean it's funny because I like I like the abyss. I went back and watched it recently. Still like it, but it has all the points that just that D just said. Like visually, there's some awesome stuff because it, it, it did achieve certain things at that time when it, when they when it came out. But in terms of like the script wise or narrative wise, it's kind of like it's a pretty picture, but he's a really damn, bad James Cameron is a really bad George Lucas. And you want to talk right? about villains. <laughs> no. yeah. James Cameron, James Cameron and George Lucas sort of operate in the same way wow. in that they will push technology well beyond its limits to achieve the visual effects that they want to achieve. The difference yeah, being absolutely. George Lucas actually writes a passable story. James Cameron is not necessarily the greatest story guy in the world. It's very evident in the first Avatar movie. It's less evident in this one. To be fair, like I said, this is a much more coherent film, but he doesn't have a story editor to tell him. Like you could have locked out like 45 minutes of that movie. There's well, a no, ton of writing partner with both of those films. The thing is, neither nobody or no story editor is gonna tell James Cameron no, not no. to put something or, or that's no, that, that absolutely bad. not. And therein so, lies the problem. He's a you're not gonna give him director. Notes. You're not like giving George James Cameron notes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make make a make story editors great again. Damn, yeah, Zack Snyder it, is a poor man's James Cameron. That hurts. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. None of them, hey, none of them have movie. a filter through which someone will tell them, "Hey, you know what? This is a really bad idea." Or you could just wrap this up with one line of dialogue, or you could just not have it in there and let this other scene tell that story. 
or you, you know, should read the hero of a thousand faces by uh by Campbell and understand how the hero's journey works and how storyteller works, and you might get somewhere. You know, all well, those all those fair, new how new Hollywood guys had their carbon copy. Uh, Spielberg got JJ Abrams. To to be fair, I think this movie on a narrative level does a Cliff Notes version of following the hero's journey. You know, everyday life is is happening one way and it's interrupted and then, you know, you have to accept the quest or deny the quest. Like, he definitely has elements of it there. It's just not that well executed. But it's, so again, it's better than, the, it's it's better, better executed than the first movie. But it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's kind of the, 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 the a hibachi version of it. That's the best way to put it. So yeah. before we go, before we go any further, I just want to say James Cameron has a 40-year career as a director. His movies, this is from 1982, his movies at go as follow. Piranha 2, The Spawning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which he doesn't claim. Wait, 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 wait. He will say <laughs> he will claim he didn't direct that. Uh The Terminator, Aliens, <laughs> The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Ooh. Lies. Titanic, Avatar, Avatar, The Way of the Water. Aliens is another example, a perfect example in how narratively inferior it is to the first, to Ridley Scott's film. Like, it's, it's, again, action-wise, visual-wise, it's, it's good. He got some, some one-liners in there. Get away from her, you bitch. And of course, that's the thing that everybody remembers because it's a pop, it's, it's like he made popcorn for pop culture. And that mm-hmm. and that and and Ridley Scott was a whole you know another another thing. So yeah, I mean, honestly, even even if with Avatar: Way of the Water, even if it is like uh, the Kabachi version of the, I like that of the uh, of the hero's journey. I mean, that's true for like every mediocre film that they that they put out. It's all somewhere in there, but. For for a movie that they spent what six hundred million, jeez, you ah. would expect that thing to have a, a, a Oscar nominated script. Dog. Hey, I want to I want to <laughs> give I want to give I want to cop I want to have some um, cop some bail for Aliens. <clears throat> I will say I will readily admit Alien is a better uh, movie than Aliens, but I oh, like yeah. Aliens because I relate that to for a hip-hop reference uh uh nas is illmatic to it was written i've always said it was written to me is is doper than illmatic but i understand why the head say illmatic is the better album right. I, I, was, I always i always true. say like yeah. it was, it was dope. Yeah. so aliens for what it is is a really good movie in my eyes but it's it's very inferior storytelling wise and and how it's approached to alien because alien is a different beast yeah, yeah aliens sure. for me you're right was popcorn i was young and i'm still into that movie even though i know what it is it's yeah. good it ain't better than alien it's not like anything like yo this was amazing story you just no. enjoyed it more because it's it very different it, it's, yeah, it's, it's very one different. of those early examples of sequels that kind of went the opposite where the new director it just went totally mm-hmm. The ops because the first alien is focused on themes like claustrophobia, the the terrifying the wonder, but yet 
hard, horribly scary idea of being in deep space and encountering something literally alien. Um, and in the way that it was, that it happened, it, it was just, there was more in the form of cinema in Alien than there is in Aliens. And I think yeah. with Aliens, it's more in the form of Hollywood than... than yeah, uh, Aliens is an action, is an action thriller and sci-fi. It, and it, and, and yeah, it worked. Exactly. Yeah, and it, it did. Totally it, it worked. It totally, totally worked. Oh, yeah, it worked. Yeah, it worked in spades. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Um, and I would say, uh, to add in, he also wrote uh, Rambo 2 and uh, Strange Days. Which was Catherine Bigelow's film. Yep. Uh, her first it. film. And yeah, at the time, film. I believe they were married. Or Yeah, they were married at the time. Yeah. He co-wrote Rambo, too, with Stallone. And to but be fair, uh, Catherine Bigelow Ooh. is actually a better filmmaker than him. Agreed. Because her uh, was an actual was an actually was a good film. Yeah. But yeah, James Cameron, you can... So this movie, I felt like, was... A little bit of his ego run amok. Um, it, it just it, it wasn't necessary. Nobody asked for it. I mean, the kids were probably the star of the movie. Like Jake Sully's character, this, the decisions he was making, stuff he was doing. Uh, there's some things that happen that they don't pay off because James Cameron is not a great writer. Um, but yeah, like so, I give you one prime example. Uh, there's a human kid who gets adopted into the sort of family um, on Pandora and Zoe. So he's the son of a Marine who, uh, who they kill at the end of the first movie. And so he is, he's there and um, uh, his father who is reincarnated as a, as an avatar, they actually did that very intelligently, by the way, it sounds stupid, but they actually, uh, were smart in the way that they did it. Um, uh, he's he's reincarnated as a full, fully grown avatar, uh, cloned into the same in, in the same fashion that uh, Sully's body was somehow. So they do that, and like I said, towards the end of the movie, um, he's got a knife to one of the girls, to one of the the to one of Sully's ca- uh, daughters' uh, throats. And so Zoe Saldana was like, son, listen, I got your kid. Like he's so I have your son, you have my daughter. Let him go, or I swear I'm gonna put this knife through your boy's throat. And she tests, she legit tests him. Like she's legit ready to kill that kid because some other things happen in the film. Like one of one of their other kids dies. And so she just goes on a tear. Um to her to their credit, they use her character sparingly. But when she shows up, it's impactful. It makes sense for the narrative, and you know it does whatever it's designed to do in that scene. Um, but yeah, it's it just you know it's like I said, it's Cameron's, it's Cameron's ego run amok. It's it's a rich it's a rich white man making a film with no sensitivity towards the sources and the and the and the imagery that he's pulling from. Uh, whether it be spiritual, ethnic, racial, whatever it is, um, he just didn't seem to give a shit and and thought it was cool to add in the things that he added in. And the actors clearly went along with it in ignorance or just, I'm getting this money. You know, I know what it is I'm doing. I'm just going to get this money. 
Facts. But, Probably a little yeah. bit of both. Yep. But you know, I, I um out of curiosity, I read the plot summary uh mm-hmm. from beginning to end. And I gotta mm-hmm. say, it must be a visual thing because that story sounded confusing as hell and like it just didn't <laughs> make any sense. So it's gotta um, be like the visuals that really carry it. Because this sounds weird and stupid and like it's been done before like a million times. Oh, it's definitely been done. There's nothing original about that movie. I'll tell you that outright. Mm. There's nothing. Like I said, it it is a lot of the James Cameron-isms that that have shown up in other films. That was the other thing that we were talking about in, in the theater, that it seems like James Cameron just threw all the bags of, all all of his different bags of tricks into this one film. I I personally like I and I I, told, I think I would talk to D'Angelo about this before. Um, when I went to go see the first one, I, I I guess I just put it out of my mind or forgot or what have you. Um, not out of insensitivity so much as just it was that long ago. Um, I want my ex to go see the first one, and she's very social justice minded, very social justice conscious, and. She was shaking in the theater when she saw it. She was just absolutely beside herself, angry, in tears, watching this movie and looking at the appropriation of what looked like largely native ethnicity, culture, uh, imagery, um, call and response things. Uh, just, just all it was just all over the place, and she was just livid that that not at me, but at, at just mm-hmm. at the movie. Um, and again, you know, this is like how I, God knows how many years ago at this point this movie came that the first one came out. But as I'm sitting there in the theater, I'm watching this, and again, you know, I, I've 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 read a few things, learned a few things, talked to a few people, you know, and and, and just sort of gathered more uh, knowledge over time of, about different cultures and just exposed to it in some people in, in some instances, meeting people and what have you. And I was just like, God damn, this dude is just blatantly that that's the thing that that probably jumped out at me the most. It's just blatant appropriation on a, on a it's scale. also blatant racism because on yeah, an institutional dude. level, because you yeah. you have a situation where this isn't an um, this is an imagined fantasy future in which humanity is colonizing another planet, and even in the people who represent humanity are all white still. And we're talking mm-hmm. about this is supposed to be the 24th, 5th, whatever century. And you're telling me that no other ethnic group advanced beyond being under the boot heels of white people? That's a no, different thing. Right right there. That first movie, one Hispanic person. Yeah, and even even, still, even and she was also a grunt. She was also even, a soldier, and, and yeah, right. she made she made I was totally being sarcastic. no decisions <laughs> at all. Yep, yeah. even Star Wars uh, figured that out in the in the year of our Lord 2022. Um, so <laughs> we'll we'll wrap this. Um, I'll let everybody give their final words on whatever topic you want. It's the end of the year. Pick whatever you want. Enjoy it. Um, I'll go. I'll even go first. It's usually I go last. Um, so. Uh, this weekend, I was watching. I was gonna watch. I was gonna watch something that I was probably supposed to watch, but instead, I got. I was on Netflix. I saw the recruit with uh, Noah Centino. I think his name is. He's one of the like YA rom com dudes that's been in a couple of Netflix things. Oh, he was but, in. Um, 
Black Adam. He played the Adam Smasher, right? Yep. Yep. He's supposed yeah, to be Hercules, okay. I believe, and then he dropped out of that or something like that. But yeah. anyways, so it was eight episodes, Netflix. I was like, eh, let's see what happens. And it had a very Jack Ryan feel, um, you know, but I think almost like Jack Ryan, like more like year one. Like he's fresh faced out of whatever college he was. He's a lawyer at the CIA, gets wrapped up in a bunch of stuff. He's not a fighter. He is not. He, he's a smart dude, but he's not anything. He's not anything close to being a John, James Bond archetype or any of those that kind of stuff. And he's kind of bumbling his way through things. The one thing I liked about it was the bout like he's a charming dude. And I think that's part of the character of being charming. But with that, he's still an idiot. So he does dumbass shit around people that are seasoned killers, trainers, spies, blah, 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 blah. So he's learning as you're learning. Um, in the eight episodes, I thought they actually did a pretty good job balancing it because even, um, you know, him being a first year lawyer in these crazy situations is a part where he actually shoots himself and he straight up goes into straight tr shock and trauma because he's never killed anyone before. And like he and he's this is in the middle of a battle where he's like, I don't know what I just did. I just killed somebody. He's, he's like, and the person that he's with, who's, you know, or whatever, smack him in the face, like, yo, drive, breathe a little bit. It'll be over. And she's like, no, no, no. I don't want this to be a normal thing. I can fucking kill someone. This is fucking horrible. And I <laughs> appreciated that that take of something where it's a little bit different. We weren't we weren't with the Jack Ryan like I never done this before, but I'm I'm prepared for it. Or a James Bond. I do this thing all the time. So it was a nice refreshing take on a on a pretty stereotypical genre um, yeah. that kind of spy spy thriller that was actually pretty entertaining. Um, interesting narrative, interesting casting as well. Good mix of people, and um, yeah, not a waste of time. And I think at these days, with the with the streaming wars slowly coming to a point where people are starting to, you know, they're canceling shows, they're figuring it out. I was actually uh, impressed um, that it was uh, it was fun. And then the other quick one was uh, I watched Wednesday, and that shit was fucking entertaining as hell. I really fully enjoyed it. I recommend it. I Great casting, and if you don't even care about anything, Adams, anything, they just did a really good job of just make making a fun show. And I think we need more of those types of shows where it's not trying to be anything. It's not. It's very in the pocket, and it's entertaining. And that was it. Tim Burton directed the first four episodes, and that shit looked fucking amazing. Because when the, everyone else took a, took the reins, you definitely felt that, <laughs> and it just reminded you that Tim Burton really is that dope. Um, but yeah, those are two Netflix shows that I definitely recommend. Like they were entertaining and it's not a waste of time. We'll go to Cam to find a word. Uh I'm gonna take a left turn. Uh this is food related. Um never allow your relatives to go rogue on dishes. Second, <laughs> um <clears throat> I'm just craving catfish. Spaghetti and hush puppies. That is my final word for the new year, for the, the last end of the year. That's it. Wow. And D. <laughs> oh man, I got lots of things to say. Well, I'm always talking about reading, and so right now I'm reading "The Name of the Wind" by Patrick Rothfuss. It is um, the first book in the series called "The King Killer Chronicles," which I think has. Somebody's got the rights, and I believe there will be a TV series at some point or a movie. I don't know, but it's a really good book, really thick, 720 pages. So if you, you're not one to commit to that, you ain't got nothing for you. But the other thing <laughs> I would say is the is talk about the gaming, because um, you know Cam and I have been 
in the we've been treading the world the nine realms of of god of war ragnarok and uh mm -hmm. you know it's been quite interesting i will say that that is uh it is an amazing game like i i don't know if it was so much better than the first one or or if it was just that i'm so into norse mythology and 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 um as i was as i am into greek mythology and the god of war games i love the twist that they put on those uh on those legends and those myths uh but it's it's it can it's definitely a challenge i recommend if you have not played that game definitely get in get into it nice and uh josh uh, I'd like to point out that in the year of our Lord, 2022, about to be 2023, uh, we have two more years before all the uh, Fox actors that played X-Men uh, characters will expire. And that is what our High Holy Lord and Savior Kevin Feige is waiting for before he does an X-Men film. We're almost there. We're Speak almost there. For yourself. He he's not my he's not I, I pray to myself for <laughs> oh that was that was that was that was pure sarcasm. Faggy is my Lucas now. I know. <laughs> um that's um so I would say as a general, I want to thank everybody that listens. Um we always get like random uh text messages or Facebook message or on different types of episodes and different stuff throughout the year. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, mostly good, but uh, we appreciate everyone that listened to us and, um, and folks that, that like are like, act, you know, actively asking us like, yo, wait, how, how come you guys didn't review such and such? Wait, did you guys watch this yet? Or blah, 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 blah. So um, I, I appreciate all those like things. I know when we dropped the Andor one, I know a couple folks are, was on me about that and where i was like yo man we're gonna freaking review it just give us some time we all gotta watch it like <laughs> um we have but, jobs we have lives we have children <laughs> my god give us a second hey let me shout out there's a couple people <clears throat> when i post i didn't even realize we're listening so i want to give a shout out to yep. them because like yes <laughs> i be getting random comments <laughs> about things about our pod that i didn't think these type of individuals were into so shout out to the to the the listeners the longtime listeners new listeners and the people that just found out that i'm actually into things like this because <laughs> they're so shocked that i'm like oh you're a nerd and geek like me i'm like yeah i can choke <laughs> you out in jujitsu i can skateboard <laughs> i can dance and i'm also into stuff like this so um Huge shout out to to those listeners who just found out finding out about the table of truth and anticipating things that when we do post they're like have you talked about this we appreciate you yeah yeah right exactly right it's on. something that's really cool and I I like I said everyone that listens um, I definitely appreciate it because uh, you know like I said we get the we get those random nudges every once in a while be like man I just listened to X podcast from X amount of time ago and you guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a that's, that's, that's that's from a homie who was like, Yo, you said blah 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 about this topic. I was like, Wait, when? Where are we? Go? Oh, wait, you mean you listen to the pod? Oh, my fault. Good, good looking out. Uh, yeah, awesome. the listeners know better not to challenge me. <laughs> wow, wow. Also, um, also shout out to the fellas in one of my uh comic uh groups there, Snyder Bros. Because every time they talk about Snyder, I always, always drop the mayo 
edition podcast <laughs> consistently so I don't have to reiterate, reiterate myself every single time they get on their high horse about Snyder. I just drop it in. That or or the Captain Marvel one I dropped. Those are two I share very, pretty frequently these days. Oh, the Mayo <laughs> podcast. You mean the the Captain Marvel podcast where you talking about how much you love it? <laughs> yes, Josh. That's exactly what I'm talking about. How oh, much okay. you look forward to uh, the Marvels? People call. Oh, okay, the Marvels. I <laughs> couldn't remember. I was like, man, so I many mean, Marvel movies coming. Oh yeah. I'm, so I'm we, for my girl, uh, I'm waiting for the one true Captain Marvel. Monica Rambo, let's go. Monica Rambo, <laughs> let's get it going. Um, but yeah, so we'll we'll be back after the new year. Thanks for listening. Yeah, I truly appreciate it. And um, yeah.